The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-Shirts. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and authentic stories with people who have decided to turn their mess into their mission and their past into their purpose. We'll talk on topics like faith, family, and entrepreneurship. Here we go. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of All My Favorite People. I'm Brittany Jones, and with me today, I have my friend, Rolando de Yeshua. Hey Rolando, how are you? Good, how are you, Britt? I'm good, man. It's a man. pleasure to be here. A pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on because like you are just a funny guy, right? And you make <laughs> people smile and you make people laugh and you do it because of Jesus and what he's done in your life. And so I thought you'd be a great person to come on and lighten the mood because we talk about some tough stuff around here. But, um, you know, God is also a God of great humor. And I just want to chat about that a little bit with you today. So how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. Yes, definitely. God has a great humor, you know, like, um, I'm pretty sure that, that, um, in order to create, uh, the world, you know, like he had to be, have fun doing it. And he took his time doing it. You know, like I always tell people that he could have done it in one second, but he took his time doing it. He went day by day so he could enjoy the process that's what yeah. I say and um sometimes we we try to do everything at once as humans that's our nature you know we want to handle many things at once uh, but we need to learn from God and, and and understand that even him you know took his time on creating us so let's not rush into things and have fun with it you know yeah oh my gosh brother you're preaching already I love it <laughs> so good yeah so man yeah, yeah. so <laughs> Rolando is actually a Christian comedian and he's also a youth pastor, which I think those two things probably go really well together. Keep those kids, you know, keep it light, keep it fun for them. You know, learning about God can feel uh, like laborsome sometimes and heavy. And I love that you're able to bring that lightness to it. So tell us a little bit about your role in what you do professionally as a youth pastor, but also let's talk about the fun that you're having on Instagram and just the funny things that you're doing to kind of share, share Christ with the world. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, I was, I was, um, I came to God. Um, well, I came back to God, mm. um, like two years and a, and a half ago mm. and I was having a really, really bad life. You know, I was, um, I was drinking, I was, um, doing drugs and, um, but God spoke to me and brought me back. You know, I used to preach when I was 11 years old in my, uh, back in Nicaragua. Wow. And I used to preach back then. And, you know, um, God just said, listen, it's time for you to come back to me. Because if, if not, I'm going to take my, my coverage off of you. Ooh. And I understood that <laughs> without God's coverage, I was going to be gone, you know? Yeah. And I have five kids. So I was like, no, hold on. This is not the time. And well, I started, I started going back to church. I, I, I went back to church and, um, and in two years and a half, God has done 
amazing things in my life, in my wife's life and in my family's life. And I started remembering when I was a young guy and um, even though I was a, a good guy in school because I used to play soccer, um, I didn't have anybody to guide me. You know, I, I don't remember anybody speaking to me about God when I was in high school. Mm. And, um, and I was like, you know what? That, that's, that can't be, that can't be, you know, there's gotta be, if God is the way, you know, to go, there's got to be someone to speak to these uh, kids um, about God because yeah. it's the only way that you're going to reach your purpose. And I started, I started working with the, with the youth. And as you know, uh, teenagers, they don't, they don't hang out with old people. <laughs> they don't yeah. like to hang out with old people. So I was like, you know what? I got to look for something to, to get in there. And I started doing jokes, you know, making, uh, having fun with them. I have a saying that relate truth without relationship brings rejection, you know? Mm -hmm. So we cannot just come with them to them with uh, with the Bible and be like, listen, the God says you're going to go to hell. If you don't do this, uh, God says this, God says that, but you need to have a relationship with them because once you have a relationship with them, they'll, they'll let you in. They'll yeah. let you in. And, yeah. and that's basically what I do. I, 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 I be saying jokes. I've been singing with them. I write songs for them. Because a lot of them wanna wanna sing, you know, they wanna be in the choir, they wanna they wanna be fun, they wanna be popular in school. So I, others play sports, and then I try to help them out with sports, and um, that's how I got in there. And um, now, well, I'm the youth preacher at CBI Orlando, and um, and that's awesome. I I love it. I love it actually. And and I also have the show, like I was telling you before. Um, yeah. I used to come in my closet a lot when I was in the world, like depressed. Mm -hmm. suicidal you know and 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 I used to cry I used to cry so much and ask God to take my life away mm -hmm. and um once I came back to God um I used to come in the closet to pray uh, to pray and one time you know God was like remember he reminded me he's like remember when you used to come here and cry all the time and try to to ask and ask me to for me to take uh, your life away and he said well, now you're coming in here to pray and praise my name. So guess what? I want you to do a, uh, a show and, and talk about testimonies, about how it changed people's life. And you're going to do it from the same place where you used to want to be mm -hmm. dead. So now you're alive and I want you to do it from here. And he gave me the name. He was like, guided me from my closet. And he said, um, my name is Rolando Pais, right? That's my actual last name, but I always struggle with that, with the last name because that's my stepdad's. So I don't know my real last name. Let's put it that way. And, and I always ask them, I'm like, why didn't I have a dad? Why my dad left me? I was always struggling with that. And he was like, you know what? I'm your dad. So don't worry about it. So we're going to, you're going to be Rolando de Yeshua, which means of Jesus, you know, I belong, you belong to me. So that's, that's why my name is Rolando de Yeshua on Instagram. And, and everybody loves it. So I was like, oh, it came from God. So <laughs> I love it yeah. too. It's so good. Oh man. Well, I don't know that you know this about me, but I've got a bit of a prodigal child story myself. And I'm just curious because, you know, I too struggled with that mental health piece of, you know, like that's a lot of pressure. I grew up in a youth group that was very loving and I had a mentor and it was fantastic, but Prior to that, I had gone to these camps where it's like, 
they tell you about hell and they're like scaring you and you're, you know, there's like an emotional, like traumatic reaction to that. And I, I hear people talk about it now. We're like, that's maybe not the best way to do things. And I couldn't agree more. So I love your approach of just like, you know, showing who God is as a redeemer, like that he's redeemed your life, but also just from a perspective of, you know, this light, fun, like God is humorous and he does love you. And he, you know, there's, there needs to be more than this, just like strict demanding God, especially for our youth, I think to understand, um, who he really is. So what part of your story? Cause it sounds like, you know, there's a, there's a dad element, um, a missing right. dad element here. What part of your story do you feel like you're able to connect with these kids um, maybe more because of your story? Like what piece of that do you feel like you've brought into what you're doing now? Well, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, dysfunctional families right now. So always. that always, I could relate always. with them. <laughs> yes, always. always. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's always been there. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, yeah, um, I talk, I speak to them. There's a lot of a lot of guys that don't have um, dads, a lot of uh, girls that don't have dads. And uh, I try to be that figure, you know, like that friend figure, not a father figure, you know, that friend figure that guides them to God as a father, because these are the best fathers that we have. And, and, and we cannot deny that. So I try to guide them to that and, and let them understand that he is your father. You know, the Bible says if your dad or if your father or your, uh, or your mother left you, you know, I will take care of you. So I am your father. So that's what I, I tell them, you know, like, listen, I, I had a rough time because everybody sees me laughing, making jokes all the time. They don't think that I had a rough time. Like, you know, they don't know my story. So I have to let them know, listen, I was raised without a dad. You know, my mom had to leave when I was seven years old to the United States to look for a better life. And I had to stay with my aunt and my brother, and my sister uh, for, for five years, for uh, six years. And she's the one that took me to church, you know, that which is, I know God had a plan already. Yeah. She's one of these Pentecostal ladies that went to church almost every day. And I had to go. I remember I used to, oh my God, I used to bother so much in church. I used to run around. I used to like try to make the pastor um, be angry, get angry at me. I used to love it. I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, when, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, I was like, oh. But that was a plan of God, you know, like I, for me to understand what is to be raised without a father. And, um, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I like, I had to come, um, my mom brought us through the, through the river. So we came illegally to the United States in 1993. And, and there's something that, that, that happened there that I used to, uh, when we crossed the river, I used to, uh, by uh, Brunsville, Texas, we came into Brunsville, Texas, and there was this huge Harry, uh, garrison flag. Of the United States, right? The garrison flag is the biggest flag that United States has. So I, I looked at it when I, I was 13 years old. And then eight years later in 2013, well, 10 years later, 2013, I was a Marine, right? I don't know if you knew this. I wasn't, I was in the military. I was a Marine. I was, um, I was in Iraq and we, we were going in from Kuwait to Iraq. We were breaking the, the walls and then going in to take over Iraq. And, and I was thinking about that. I was remembering, I was like, wow. I remember when I came in illegally 
And now I'm like giving my life for this country. Mm -hmm. I was like, God, like, why? Why am I here? And God wanted me to understand like a lot of young people in the military, you know, like they go in and they're like 17, 18 years old and they had to go to war. Like, and I was like, wow. So I relate to all these kids that are 17, 18 years old that some of them were living, giving their lives already over there in the war. And, um, and there's a lot of youth people here that are having fun, that are enjoying their time, but they don't, they don't know what's going on over there. So mm. basically, um, I, I give them the reality check when, when I, whenever I can. Yeah. I give them the reality check. Listen, you have everything that you need. You have a mom, you have a dad. You should be grateful, you know, yeah. because your mom or your dad, if they, because they were raised by, by themselves, I guess, like they were single parents, some of them. I'm like, they're, they're like the Davids of the, of the Bible, you know? Mm. You know, that David had to go and, and battle Goliath and, and, and kill that giant. So my mom did that for me. She killed that giant, you know? The, their parents did that for them. They yeah. came here to kill that giant. And now they, they're the Salomons and they get to live this beautiful life but remembering that God was the one that gave them that life. So mm -hmm. that's basically why I tried to show them. Yeah. 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 We could have a whole conversation about entitled youth for sure. Um, right. We won't, but we could. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious as far as your show goes, how do you bring in these like elements that are maybe a little tougher, but adding humor to them? Like, can you give us an example of, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but like one of your like jokes or stories, something that kind of helps kind of pull all these elements together. Well, what helps me, well, the, the show is in Spanish, right? Yes, I and know. What you helps need, me, yeah. You need to do one in English <laughs> for this girl no, yeah. right here. Yeah, no, no, but you know what? God has been, like, this is a, a, an, um, a prayer answered by God because he's been mm. talking to me about doing stuff in English. And I've been putting it aside, but when you called me, I was like, oh God, you are telling me something. Us, <laughs> us white that's... girls, us white girls who are half Colombian, who still don't speak any Spanish, want to enjoy your content. So just keep, <laughs> keep me in mind, all right? Amen, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And believe me, I have a lot of people that, that write to me in English. I have a couple of comedians that are, um, that do their comedy in English and I have a lot of followers and they, they, they follow me and they write to me and they're like, do something in English. <laughs> They'll be saying, you know, like, so like God is, is talking, God is talking. Cool. And then, and he gave me the name in English of the, of the show. Got it me from a closet. He didn't give it to me in Spanish. True. That was me that wanted to do it in Spanish. So yeah. Well, what I do basically, I have, I have a, a couple of, um, of, um, um how do you say people that i that i dress like like so like my my the easiest part is when you know somebody's colombian if you speak to them in colombian they'll relax yeah. so i i i know how to do that like yeah. i could speak colombian i could speak dominican i could speak argentinian <laughs> i know all those accents so that's yeah. how i break the ice has exactly how i break the ice like if um you know, like somebody came on and he was Dominican, then I'll be like, you know, like, oh, yeah. so, you know, like, like Dominican, <laughs> like, then if somebody's Colombian, 
Entonces, ¿qué papito? ¿Qué papi? ¿Cómo le va? ¿Todo bien? Entonces, so I'd be like, you know, like, and they, and they relax. They're like, wow, where you from? You're Colombian. I'm like, no, I'm not Colombian, but I got to speak Colombian to eat in this country, you know? So I'd be like breaking the ice like that. I love and it. they love it. They love it. And then, and then that's it. And then I, I, I'm able to go in a, and a little bit deeper, you know, and ask them little questions about their, their life in their country. And you know what? I, I've been doing that for a year and, and three months. And God has given me all the testimonies. Mm. Like, I don't have to look for people. Like, people write to me and they're like, oh, listen, I want to give the, my testimony in your show. And that's the way it goes. Like, it's, yeah. when, when you do something for God, Britt, it's just... He, he'll he'll do it for you you know can we it's just, not, it's not yes let's talk about that for a second because I couldn't agree more um you know I just started this podcast at the beginning of this year and I've had multiple people say something similar to me as to what you're saying in that like oh is it hard to get caught like is it hard to get content is it hard to find the people to come on and do it more of an interview style that seems more challenging and it hasn't been for me. And I'll tell you a hundred percent of that is because God called me to do this. And so Amen. he's literally giving me people like I was nine episodes in and I had somebody reach out, Hey, can I come on your podcast? Someone I had never met who was doing something that fit right within what we were doing. And it's just, God has just been dropping people in my lap Amen. to do this. And be, so it doesn't feel hard. It feels like I'm energized by it. And it's so fun because we're having these conversations, but also like, I'm not striving for it. Right. I'm just living into it and just kind of in the flow of whatever God's doing. I'm just wanting to be a part of. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, the, um, Proverbs three, five says, um, if you believe in God with all your heart, now with your own understanding, you know, he, he'll, he'll take over. So he yeah. takes over. Yeah. That's what it is. We just have to trust him. Yeah. And if he sends you to do something, believe me, you will have success at it. So yeah. that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happens. I don't know. Like, if you ask me, you know, like a year ago, would you have like 55 testimonies on your show? No, I would say no. I would never imagine, you know, that that 55 people will come on and tell their 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 story, how they came to God, you know, and, and we have some like harsh stories, you know, yeah. of people that that went through a lot of bad stuff and and God saved them. God was there, God saved them, and they're living a, a, a beautiful life now, you know, like including me. I was the first one that gave my testimony. Yeah. And 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 I had a, a rough testimony you know my wife is christian she was always praying for me she was always asking me to go to church on sunday when i was like still drunk from saturday you know and she would be like oh let's go to church and i'd be like no go to church uh, you don't worry when you get to heaven god is not gonna ask you why did rolando didn't get saved that's what i used to tell her wow. and it was she used to be like crying you know and go to church with the kids and and um but she kept kept praying kept praying until God was like hey he spoke to me you know I heard his voice like well I don't know but you don't know my testimony but Tell um, me, brother. he Tell he me. actually he actually <laughs> let's do this <laughs> oh my goodness girl yeah it was it was it was it's insane you know like how well it was it was a Thursday actually like and then I got home drunk and my oldest daughter she was um she was six and she asked um she asked my wife in front of me, she was like, 
mommy, why is daddy different now? That's what she asked. And when she asked that, something touched my heart. I was like, hold on. What does she mean that I'm different? You know, like, and, and I just, just went to God. Basically, I was drunk and I just went to God and I said, God, if you want me to go back to you, I need a sign. I need a, 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 a huge sign. You know, like we sometimes try to bargain with God totally. to, to, yeah. And I was like, you know, I need a sign because, but I was sure that, that I was going to serve him a hundred percent if I went back to him. So I said, mm. because you know, in my heart, I will serve you a hundred percent, not 99, not 98, a hundred. So I need a sign. And I went to sleep that night. I went to sleep and I had a dream that I was in a, I was in the outskirts of Israel. And I was, I was standing there and I have a cousin that is a, he's a pastor in, in Central America. He has his own church and everything. His name is Daniel. And he came in the dream and he was like, Rolando, God says that you need to go back. And I said, no, I don't want to go back. I'm, I'm having fun. I want to have fun. You know, I, um, when I was young, I didn't have fun because I was in the military. So I was like, no, I want to have fun now. And he was like, he says that you could do great things if you come back to him. And then he grabbed my hand and took me to Israel. And whatever, I had that dream. I woke up. It was um, Thursday. Um, so my wife used to go to church on Friday. And I was like, I'm not going to tell her the dream because she's, she's going to take me to church. <laughs> I was trying to avoid her. And I was like, okay, whatever. So, but I didn't drink uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. I used to drink one, uh, four times a week, Britt. Mm. So it was bad. It was bad. Mm. Uh, I became an alcoholic basically because I used to drink four times a week. So on that Monday, I was already thirsty for, for alcohol. So uh, I went out. I went out and, and I went out drinking. And I remember that, that it was like, 5 a.m. in the morning. I used to go out like at 8 to drink and I used to come back at 4 or 5. One thing my wife always did, every time I came back from, 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 the, from, from drinking, she never complained. And I'm like, wow. Like Now I think about it and I'm like, that was God because, you know, like I used to get there drunk and she used to be like, oh, baby, oh, welcome back. Do you need anything to eat? Mm. Give me the keys of the car. Remember, if you need any more alcohol, I'll go buy it for you because um, so you don't have to drive drunk, you know, like she used to be so nice to me that she used to make me feel bad, you know, like I'd be like, oh my goodness. I was expecting like <laughs> for her she to fight, you, feel, you know. She made you feel bad with her niceness. I love that. That's a, that's an awesome woman right there, man. Oh yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah, now we talk about it. And it's like, that's something that the wives need to do, mm. you know, because um, basically when you get home and, and you fight, you will just leave. And that's the truth. You just go back out of the door and then come back later. Mm. So that day um, I was drinking um, in my kitchen. And around 7 a.m. in the morning, um, I was I, I had a, a glass in my in my in my hand. And I, I was gonna drink it and I heard the voice. I heard God's voice. He said, Rolando, if you do not come back to me right now, I will take my coverage away. That's exactly what he said. And when he said that, I, was, uh, I wasn't drunk anymore. And I, I dropped the glass and, and I remembered the dream. And I was like, I don't know, but hold on. When he said that, I, I had a flashback of all the times that he saved my life. Hmm. He showed me every time since I was in my mom's belly that he saved my life. Wow. And I understood in that moment that without God, I was dead, you know? 
that because of him, I was alive. So why am I wasting my time drinking instead of praising him? Wow. I understood that in that, in that second that he said that. And then I remember the dream and I wrote my cousin through WhatsApp, right? I was like, listen, because he lives in Nicaragua. So I was like, oh, I wrote him and I, I told him the dream and everything. And he called me back and I said, he's like, oh, um, where are you? He asked me, I said, Orlando. And he's like, I'm in Miami. And I'm like, what do you mean you're in Miami? He lives in Nicaragua, right? And he goes, on Saturday, I was going to get on the plane. And God spoke to me and said he had a mission for me. Mm -hmm. So now I understand what my mission is. And I was like, whoa, hold on. You know, like, that's my dream. He's coming. And then he's like, um, how far is Miami from Orlando? I said three hours. And he's like, I'll be there tonight. Right? And then I hung up the phone. And I'm like, I'm like going crazy, right? I'm crying. I'm shaking. I wasn't drunk anymore. My wife. So I go into my room and my wife is sitting on the bed with her phone and he, she sees me coming in crying and she sees that I'm not drunk. And she's like, what did you do? I'm like, what, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, and I told her that what, what, everything that happened. And she showed me that she handed me her phone and she was writing her dad, telling her that that day she was asking me for a divorce. Wow. So she was already she she had the message written and i read it you know and, and i was like well i understood that god was saving my life was saving my family that day and was saving my generation you know and i was like wow so i was like all of this happened i hugged my wife we hugged and she understood that well, that was the day from then i waited that night and when my cousin got there and i opened the door he was dressed the same way he was dressed in the dream and I, I, I just lost it. I, I just fell on my knees. And then I went back to God that night. And I have never had the urge to drink again. It's, it's amazing. I, I tell people that it's like my, he, he reset my DNA because I used to crave alcohol. It's not yeah. that, I, that I liked it. It's just that I craved it, you know, like, and, and, and he changed my life from then on. And, and everything has been just a smooth ride um, in the spiritual growth, you know, that, that he gave me. Obviously we have, you know, afflictions in the world and sure. there's issues, things happen. But as long as we're you with God, you, you'll have the victory, you know, because he, he made us victorious on the cross. So that's, that's basically my, my testimony, you know, that how he brought me back. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have a lot of stuff from when I was little, you know, without a dad and without a mom, but, but, to bring me back, he gave me that huge sign that I needed, you know, that I asked him and he, and he just came through above and beyond because that was crazy. That is crazy, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's crazy good because like oh, you yes. said, all those, those moments, just the fact that your wife had written the, the text or the email mm -hmm. and it was literally in that moment, I had an audible voice of God moment myself before. And yeah. it's, it's weird to talk about afterwards because people who haven't experienced that probably think we're crazy, but, yes. <laughs> but you and I both know, because we've had that experience, like, amen, yes. very real. And mm -hmm. for me, it was a full shift in my life as well. It, it literally like my life was going in this direction. And I had my moment with God where I just cannot deny that I, he said, do this. And right. I was scared out of my mind and I was obedient and the whole trajectory of my life changed after that. 
Um, but what an awesome and powerful story just of redemption and not only just redeeming you. And like you said, showing you over and over your, the times that he'd already saved you and kept you alive. Yeah. Like I can think through so many times where I was unsafe or just stupid decisions or, you know, bad idea right, <laughs> that God like still kept me safe and kept me alive and kept me moving forward. And I think ultimately, so that people like you and I can be doing what we're doing right now. And that's, you know, sharing with others that you, there's no such thing as too far gone. Um, that God has the power to literally redeem any story, any junk <laughs> from your past Amen. and your own bad choices. Like for me, it was a lot of my own personal bad choices um, right. that God still said, I still love you. And I'm still going to use you for me, for my kingdom and for my glory. That's such a powerful thing. I think to people who are in the midst of it, who are still either living that life when maybe they've heard that voice and they're ignoring it or, Amen. or they're just now kind of coming to the other side and realizing like, I am so thankful that God saved me from X, Y, and Z because here I am now living for him. Amen. I, Amen. I think what's so powerful too about your story is that, you know, because you speak all these different languages and dialects and have this kind of like humorous way of, of sharing things, I really think you're able to connect with people on a level, kind of like you were saying, where their defenses are down and you're really able to speak to them where they are. So right now, in addition to um, doing your comedy and doing your uh, interviews and doing the youth pastor gig, you're also kind of a missionary. Is that right? And um, you said you've been to a couple different places or you're heading out to kind yes. of do some mission work as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I have, I have identified that every three months, God does something in my life hmm. and, um, and, and, <clears throat> and it's on the, on the spot, right? So a year after I, I, I came back to God, um, I was able, he sent me to, uh, to go to a uh, Dominican Republic with my church in a missionary work. And, um, and, and we took care of like, I think it's a uh, 2000 kids. We, we take stuff over there. We, we give them, um, like school supplies, like book bags, notebooks. Um, we take them clothes, um, shoes. And, and we went to five cities. I think, yeah, it was five cities in Dominican Republic. And we're doing a missionary work there. We're doing missionary work in Colombia, um, Venezuela, Venezuela. We have um, Nepal. Um, I don't know. Um, is that the way you say it in English? Nepal? Nepal. Nepal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got <laughs> so it. There, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there we're doing all of that. So I'm, yeah. And basically what I, a year after, exactly a year after on my, on my, I was there in Dominican Republic and I was, that was the first time I preached in a church. Um, and I, I preached my testimony that day and a lot of kids that um, youth, uh, because I came from, from, from Central America, which is uh, Nicaragua, right? It's, it's a very poor country. So where I lived, it was very poor. And um, even though I never, I never um, needed anything because my, my whole family was there and they all supplied for me, but it was a very poor country. I used to walk, um, I tell my kids I used to walk 
10 blocks with my chair on my head to go to school because you couldn't leave your chair because they would steal it. So you have to like take it every day in the morning, walk 10 blocks to school That's and crazy. bring it back. Yeah. And then I tell them like, listen, like sometimes they don't even want to wake up to go to school. And I'd be like, hey guys, come on. And I have to speak to them and, and, and let them know, you know, that there's these kids in other countries that are going through the same thing right now. You know, I saw so many kids like without shoes, you know, they don't have, uh, they don't have clothes to go to school. They don't, they, they don't have anybody to take them to school because their moms and their dads have to go to work to provide food for them. Yeah. So they have to get dressed on their own. They have to wake up on their own first. That's already an accomplishment for me. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> I can barely do that. So I feel like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, whoa, you guys wake up by themselves. They get dressed by themselves. They eat, they cook for themselves and they eat. And they, they go to school and I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, like how these kids can do all of this because they're, they don't have, you know, people to take care of them. So they have to do it. Right. And, um, and I love that, you know, I, I love going and give them, give them hope because I came from that. I was like that once. So I let them know, listen, I was there where you are right now. I was there. So there is hope. God will take you and give you purpose. You know, you already have a purpose from God. So just follow him and he will take you wherever you need to be. And that's exactly what I tell them, you know, and then I tell them my story, how I used to preach when I was young, I was a kid and, um, and how I got lost in the world, you know, since I was 13 until 37, that's when I came back. And um, so 14 years I was in the world and I was just living. I was just surviving. That's what I said. You live with God, but you survive in the world, you know, and, and, and that's the way it is. Yeah. And so I let them know, you know, like I want them to have hope, to understand that no matter where they are, God has big things for them as long as you follow God, you know, and, and do his will. That's, that's basically what I tell them. Yeah. You said you grew up with your, was it your aunt that took you? My to aunt. You? Yeah. My aunt yeah. Leonor. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's such a cool, that's just a cool legacy too, because like, even though your parents weren't necessarily the ones like God still ordered your steps to be oh, in a place man. where you had someone who was sewing into you in that way. Do you remember like growing up in church, just like your spirit and your heart? Did you always feel kind of that softness towards the Lord? Like, what was that like for you before you kind of sowed your wild okay. oats? I have, I have, a, I have another, another story that I have to tell you Okay. <laughs> for, for you to understand this, right? When I was, when I was uh, three years old, I was three years old. Um, I was, I was playing, I was playing with marbles in my house, right? I was playing with marbles and back over there in, in, in those countries, when you wash clothes, the water goes into a hole, like in the dirt, you know, like, so it's pretty deep. And one of my marbles went in the, went in the, went in the, in the hole and my mom wasn't paying attention. So I went to get the, the marble and I fell into the hole face down. Right. So I woke up and I was in heaven. I was walking in heaven, holding Jesus hand right I was holding his hand and I, I didn't know it was Jesus back then but now I know right so I was holding his hand and he was walking me into heaven so I was walking towards the the throne of God I could see this light that it was like you couldn't look at it it was like 
super shiny. You could see the, the golden roads and everything. And I felt such peace in that moment that I thought I, thought I was going to stay there. And then th there was a voice that came from the throne and, he, and said, you have to go back. You have to go back. And Jesus just let me go. And then I woke up. There was an angel. I, now I understand that was an angel taking me out of the hole, right? And he put me down and he was white, huge, like he had like golden hair. It was like very bright. So I ran to my mom and I'm wet from my head to my toes. And she's like, what happened to you? And I'm like, I fell in the hole. I was crying. And I remember this so vividly, you know, like, and I was crying and she's like, wow, but how did you get out? And I said, the lady took me out. I said, the lady in the white dress. She's like, what lady? And then she goes back. But my, of course, my house was fenced up and everything. And there was nobody there. And then she goes, oh my God, that was my grandmother that saved you. She came back from the dead and saved you. And I was like, I was like, I didn't know. I thought it was my, her grandmother back yeah. then when I was little, right? Yeah. And, but now I understand it was God, you know, and I, and I, and so I saw heaven already, you know, and, and, and maybe, yeah, a lot of people think I'm crazy. I love it though. But, but I did see it and I oh. know that it's, it's real. Mm. So, so when, when my mom left me and she left me with, with, uh, with my aunt and she started taking me to church, it's like, I understood that that was the way to get to that place where I went, you know, like I connected it. I was, I was. Uh, like five, six years old. And I understood that. So I was always eager to know the word, to know about God, because I wanted to know how to get to that place because it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. And, and the peace that you feel when you walk there is just like, I don't know how to explain it, girl. Like, I don't even know. You know, I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, it's, it's, it's insane. You just don't want to leave the place. And, um, and now that I'm preaching, um, God, I was preaching once and God told me, he was like, well, the Holy Ghost was like, this is why I told you to have to come back. You know, like till now, when I'm 40 years old, I was preaching one day in the youth service. And that's what God told me. He's like, this is why I told you to have to come back. Hmm. And I saw all those youth, you know, like those 50 young people looking at me. And I understood. I was like, this is it. This is what God wants me to do. So. That built my 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 base. I I say from from God, you know, because I never forgot him. Even though I went to the world when I was thirteen, and I would never went to church until until I was thirty seven, I had that base of of God. And 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 you know, like if you show kids, even though when they're they're little about God, they will never forget it. They will never forget it. And when they're in struggling, they will reach for that. They will reach for that. Because God is there. God is always walking around us, waiting for us to say, come in. That's, yeah. that's all he's waiting for. <laughs> that's all he's waiting for. And, um, you know, like the, that time that I told you that I was praying and uh, in the closet, um, he showed me that. He showed me Jesus walking around me, mm. you know, waiting for me to say, come in. And, uh, and, and he told me, like, every time you were crying in the closet, every time you wanted to take your life away, Every time that you were sad and you didn't want to live anymore, I was going around you. I was here with you. You just had to ask for me, but you didn't, you know, like, so that's why I had to like show you, talk to you. So you come back because you have a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And the devil tries to take that, 
that away from you for every sure. way possible. For sure. So kids nowadays, they're having a, a rough time, Britt. There's this, this like all this social media, you know, that we didn't have when we were young. You know, we used to go out and, and play. Kids don't go out and play it anymore. Yeah. They, don't, they don't talk to each other. They're just, they just see each other in school for like five hours, six hours, and then they come back home and they're on the phone, they're on doing stuff. And, and there's, it's harsh. It's harsh for them, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a topic that I speak of. Um, it's a little bit tough, but um, pornography, you know, pornography is taking our kids away these yeah. days. Um, 85% of, 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 um, of youth will be exposed to pornography, you know? They will be exposed. It's not about what we do. Yeah. To, to to take them away from that, they will be exposed. So what we need to do is prepare them so when they're exposed, they could say no, that's yeah. not me. I don't like that. You know, like because there's there, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And the the it's ninety percent of of Christian parents don't speak to their kids about pornography, mm. and this is tough. Ninety percent they wow. don't speak to them. So guess what? Somebody else will. Somebody else will. And and 90% of people that <laughs> that watch pornography, they they become addicted to it. I believe that. So, you know, I didn't know you were going to bring up this topic, but I'm so glad you did. I actually um I guess I'm in the 10% that talks to their kids about this because we literally amen. just talked about it last week. Um my son who's 11 brought home the paper that said hey, we're going to be having a conversation in health class about sex and body and all this and that. And I opted him out because I'm like, I would rather you hear it out of my mouth. Um, yes. What is really going on versus like the school's version of what they think is okay to teach you. So I opted him out and then we had the conversation ourselves. And um, something that I learned and, and, I did an episode, it was like the second or third episode I did with the podcast on human trafficking. And one of the okay. things that I learned um, going through this training on human trafficking is that a vast majority of people, especially the women involved in the pornography industry have actually been trafficked into that industry and are, you know, drugged when they're performing um, yes. and there's just all sorts of obviously moral issues with the entire thing, but even though that's a lot for an 11 year old, and then I, you know, my 17 year old was there too. Um, even though that's heavy and intense information to give your child, I felt like my 11 year old is an appropriate age to share yes. some of those details because it's so easy, first of all. I mean, I was exposed to pornography around the age of 15. Um, if we're just being super frank, it's something that I've actually struggled with for a really long time. Um, yes. But I'll tell you that finding out that, that first of all, you know that's somebody's daughter or sister or right. wife or you know friend, whatever. Um, that's kind of a piece of it that sometimes just logically you're like, I would never like I couldn't my daughter or you know like you yes. you put it in perspective like that but then even knowing that like you're you're essentially supporting human trafficking in a way mm, by yes, participating yes. in 
in just the consumption, if you will, of pornography um, was a huge piece to me being me personally. I don't think I've ever shared this. Um, Me personally being able to walk away and not have that as a temptation anymore. So when you can, when you know the reality of what it really is, and then not only that, but I explained to my kids that, you know, watching that creates, um, it damages the neural pathways in your brain. Like you addiction changes your brain. So we talked about alcoholism a little bit before it changes the context of your brain. Um, and pornography is no different. Um, and then on top of that, like, what are you setting yourself up for in your marriage later down the line by having these crazy expectations of what it's supposed to look like yeah. and be like it sound like <laughs> and all of these things like it is it's only a detriment to your future relationships when you think you have this unrealistic expectation and standard now so i just said a lot i'd love to hear your two cents on on all of that too yes yes um since we're speaking about that i also had i also struggled with that you know like and um and there's uh, something that you said, you know, like that's somebody's daughter, that's somebody's sister, you know, like, and um, we we think that women are, are not into this, you know, like, and we need to understand that when we have a daughter like me, I, I have three daughters, um, we tend to think, oh, no, you know, I got to talk to my boys about it, you know, yeah. I just got to talk to my boys. But you also have to talk to your your daughters, to your girls, you know, because right now the the industry is trying to to connect more with women than with men because you know now nowadays the world what the world tells women oh you don't need to get married to be yeah. happy you don't need to have kids to be happy you don't got to get pregnant to be happy you could just adopt you could just you know um pay somebody else to have your kids and this is what the world is telling women you don't need men basically yeah to be happy and and that's what the industry, uh, the pornography industry is doing, you know, also they're targeting women because they want to isolate you. And this is what the devil wants. Yeah. Basically, pornography isolates you from everybody else, because nowadays all you need is your little phone and, and going to your room. You stay in your room in the bathroom or whatever. And you before it used to be harder, you know, but nowadays it's so accessible to people that is isolating people and that's what when the devil comes and takes your identity away and that's it once you lose your identity you're just another another person struggling in the world because it's hard it's hard um you have no human contact you 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 lose your family contact also you know you start like uh isolating yourself and you don't want to speak to nobody so pornography is is a tough um thing going on right now but we need to address it just head on. We yeah. cannot keep, um, like you said, you're the 10%. That, I'm, I'm, I, I, I applaud you for doing that because it's happening. And, and even in the church, you don't speak about it. Yeah. You know, and I, like I said, I went to this camp uh, three weeks ago of only men. And in, in my tribe, they called it, which was uh, 11 of us. I was the, um, there was two, to old people, like I say older people, well, 40, I'm 40, I'm not that old, but um, the, the rest were, the rest were like 
18, 19, 20, 21. And they opened up. And I'm talking about worship leaders, you know, uh, uh, past, uh, children, like sons of pastors. Um, they're struggling with this. They opened up and I was, I was able to speak to them and tell them, listen, like, it's not only you. Yeah. A lot of people are going through it. And, and the only way to, to get rid of it is to speak up. We need to speak up. Yeah. We need to speak about it and let people know that this is happening yeah. because they, they're ashamed of themselves and they're not supposed to be ashamed. Yeah. You know, everybody struggles with something and God, God's love will heal anything. Yeah. But if we, we don't talk about it, how can they access God's love yeah. through us? We're the ones here, yeah. you know, trying to, to, to guide them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a big subject in, right now in, in, in the world, basically. Yeah. Well, this particular topic, there's so much blame, shame, and guilt around it, right? So yes. personally, if you're dealing with it and you're not telling people, there's that guilt and that shame. Yes. And then what happens is just like anything else, you know, in the Christian life, if you leave it in the dark, it's at some point it's going to be exposed to light at yes. some point, either someone's going to find out you're going to get caught, you know, you're going to accidentally blurt it out. Like who knows, but the yes. darkness comes to light at some point. And yes. what's a, what's the, a beautiful thing about that though, is that when it's, once it's in the light, it has no power. It has no power right. over you once it comes to light. That's and right. Then the other piece of it is, um, and something that actually I was just thinking on the other day is like, I don't speak about my struggles very specifically because I, I truly believe in um, not like not putting that out there so that others stumble, right? So you have mm -hmm. to be careful, I think, as, a, as like somebody who's leading in putting all of your dirt out there because you don't want yeah. to have somebody else feel like you're condoning that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, if we're not sharing our actual struggles with those safe people in our life, our iron sharpens iron people, you know, yes. um, mm -hmm. then you can, you just live in that guilt and shame and you don't have that accountability to anyone. So if anyone yes. is struggling in this area, I would say, find a safe person who loves Jesus, who you can be accountable to in this area. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is that, and I, tell me if you've experienced the same thing, but the temptation doesn't go away. It, you have to hold every thought captive to the yes. word. <laughs> and just because the temptation doesn't go away, doesn't mean you aren't free of it because you choose in that moment time and time and time again, I'm going to choose to do this instead of that with my time. I'm going to step away from that. I'm going to say no. I'm going to choose no in this moment. And I think eventually maybe those temptations go away. I don't know, but I know for me, just having the logical information of this is somebody's daughter She's probably been trafficked. She could potentially be drugged to be doing this. Even just those like factors to me have been enough to have something to combat the temptation with, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes totally sense. And I'm going to tell you something that works for me. Something that works for me is knowing that I'm the one opening the door for my kids. 
if I do that and I fell into that, I will be opening the door for my kids to fall in the same, the same path. Mm-hmm. And that, that is being giving me the strength, you know, like to not do uh, bad stuff. Um, because we think about it, you know, I think about it sometimes, you know, like I think about it, I'm human and, but I'm like, no, hold on, God, I will not open the door for my daughters, you know, because of me, this, I, because we, we don't think about, about um, other people, but our kids, we, we're the ones that are, um, how do you say it? Like, um, um, how do you how do you say that? Um, when when you leave some something to someone, you know, inheritance, right? Inheritance, yeah, heritage, right? Uh-huh. So we are inheriting that to them. Yeah, you know, it's not about us anymore. It's about our kids. Yeah. It's about our generation, our descendants, and and that has helped me a lot, right? I'm like I'm always I want to do something bad. I'll be like, hold on, no, 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 hold on. I'm not opening that door for them yeah. because I know my mom. And my and my and my dad, you know, by basically like they did a lot of bad stuff that I saw, and then I wanted to experience it, you know. Yeah. I wanted to experience it, so I understand where 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 it goes. Just like me doing bad stuff, you know, and my kids are gonna see it, you know. Yeah. Like we, like my wife and I, we don't try to argue, you know, in front of them, you know, and um, we don't we don't scream. We don't. We used to do that. And I remember their faces, you know, I mm-hmm. still remember their faces. Mm-hmm. And um, my oldest daughter told me once, it's like, oh, you know, like we, we do uh, family Wednesdays as a family, right? And uh, we do stuff together. And then at the end of the night, we sit down and, and we allow them to, to like, we do like a little service, like a little church service. Cool. And they, they're the ones that preach. They're the ones that sing. They're the ones that dance. Yeah, we do that. And, and and my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, once she she was preaching, you know, like well, she's preaching like <laughs> in our service, and then yeah. she's like, she said that, you know, she said she she thanked God for because we are different. We don't argue anymore. We don't scream anymore. Daddy is not acting weird anymore. And I that was like that touched my heart, and I was like, wow, thank you, Lord, you know, because you saving them yeah. by saving me, you know. Yeah. And that's that's yeah, that's what I do actually. I I know that I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not getting anybody else hurt but but myself mm. and my family. So yeah. yeah. So much of what we do as parents is like modeling the behavior yes. that we want our children to grow up and also do. Yes. Um, and I think that's a big perspective shift as a parent when you realize like I've heard this phrase a lot more recently, but so much more is caught than taught. So like you can right. say it and say it and say it and your kid's like, whatever, but yes. you do it and they see it and that's an actionable step for them, whether that's positive yes. or negative. So that's right. Well, we are, we are the, okay. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that we are the reflection of God here. You know, like we, a lot of people also want to, want to go in and, and pound down the word, you know, like with the Bible and, and go to the person in the corner with the Bible. But the first thing that you have to do is go and hug them, you know, like show them God's love first, because that's basically that's what God gave his son because of love. So yeah. his love was greater than his word, you know, and, and, and we need to understand that everything comes down to love. You know, yeah. when you when you love someone, 
you'll do anything for them. You, you know how it is. Like we, we were young, we crazy. We, you know, we, we wanted to do anything for that person. Yeah. So, so that's, that's how God is, you know, like he, he gave his son to die, you know, for us. And, and that's something amazing, you know, like to be able to love someone so much that you will give something so dear to you to save them, you know, like that just blows my mind away. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier about doing things like this, the podcast, the show on Instagram, where you're sharing other people's stories and, and kind of revealing these like things about ourselves. I think it's so important to do that because again, it just, like you said, points back to God's love for us in that he redeemed our messy things and our, just our stories and even our temptations and the things that we struggle with, he's redeeming that. And there's so much grace. Like I know you as a just person, like we know one another in that I know that you have grace for people because you've been through what you've been through. And I have compassion and grace for people in their, where they are right now just like God does for them because of where I've been because of the things that I've struggled with throughout my life. So, you know, I'd like to say around here, it's a no judgment zone, which is true. It is a no judgment zone, but, (laughs) but we're still called to tell the truth and we're still called to, you know, bring that truth in love to the people who are currently in their so their wild oat season, or yes. I'm still dealing with this temptation. Like we're all human and we are all going to struggle with things obviously differently, but there's, there's grace. Um, yes. because like here he is using you and me kids yes. who like <laughs> rebellious kids, right? Like oh, yes. family, <laughs> like all the things, but, but because of him and because of his his grace toward us and our obedience to change, right? To move in, yes. in the direction that he would have us move in is where, where these blessings are coming from. Like the fact that we're doing this right now is a blessing. And, yes. and I just want to be a blessing to others. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's basically what, what the word says, you know, um, love God with all your heart right and love others the same way you love yourself and this is it jesus said these two things get everything else so that's all it is love and like you said you know the truth shall set you free it is yeah you have to be truthful but in a loving way you know like some people are truthful and a little bit harsh you know yeah Yeah. no 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 you got to be truthful in a loving way and and that's the only way i believe that that people will, will surrender, you know, their heart to, to God. Yes. I agree. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up, but I'm going to have you do two things before we do one. I'd like for you to tell us a joke or make us laugh because we got kind of heavy <laughs> there really quick. Um, and I realized that it might be in Spanish, but that's okay. And then also just tell people where they can find you on Instagram and support what you're doing. Okay. Um, well, like, I think I could convert the joke into English. Okay. I have I one that, that I could convert into English. <laughs> Good luck. <you> said. <laughs> well, um, there, there's a guy that goes to um, uh, Israel, right? And he goes to the dead, uh, the dead Sea, you know? 
it goes to the Dead Sea, and then there's there's a guy in a in a in a ship, right? In a little ship, in a little boat, and he's like, "Oh, how much do you charge me to go from here to the other side?" And then he's like, "Oh, for from here to the other side is, is going to be a thousand dollars." And he's like, "What? A thousand dollars? That's too expensive, man! You're crazy." He's like, "What do you mean?" The guy goes, "What do you mean? This is where Jesus walked on water." It's like, no wonder with those prices, of course you have to walk. <laughs> I love it. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about right there, my friend. I love it so much. It's good. Well, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah could, they could follow more, uh, follow me on um, on Rolando de Yeshua. That's an Instagram and Facebook, YouTube. Um, I'm all over the place, you know, yeah. and um Basically, what we do, we do that show on Thursdays, and then I, I have content too, like comedy content. Um, I do videos and jokes and everything. And on Thursdays, I do testimony nights, and it's been a blessing, you know. Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I super duper appreciate it. I love just your family and just getting to know you as my friend. And I wish you all the very, very best. I know God's using you and I'm excited to watch what happens in the future too. <laughs> amen, amen, yeah. Thank you for inviting me, Britt. Um, I know that this is God's will for me to do more stuff in English and he's obviously using you, you know, because yeah, um, that was, I don't know where you wrote to me and I was like, whoa, yeah. And that was, yeah, that, and when he was in that in that little period of time that I was, struggling with that like oh should I God was telling me you got to do some stuff in English you have to you have to and then you came in and I was like okay confirmation see <laughs> si, si, senor yeah. si, senor yes yes all right it's well, well, awesome I love it I love that you know I love being on your show it's amazing it's awesome I liked it oh my goodness you're doing you. awesome thank yeah. you oh God is good he just keeps bringing me people. So I appreciate you and all the, all the blessings to you. And I'll say adios. Adios. Hey friends, thanks so much for watching. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit that little notification bell. So you know, every time I post something new, of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of our Life Jesus style gear and all my favorite people here. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.